Hello, and welcome to Life Lessons from a Total Failure, the podcast, a show that shares stories from passionate people living life on their own terms, and one that reminds us how life's failures and struggles are just the plot twists needed in our own personal stories to help us get to where we were meant to be. I'm your host, MJ Doherty. All right, well, today we have a very very special guest here. Uh, I'm pretty excited to talk to him. I met him a while ago, and he's a really fascinating guy. Uh, So we have David Barda, and David has a very interesting story. So I'm going to let him tell most of it, but I'm going to start off by saying he was a college athlete, uh, an exceptional athlete, where things kind of didn't uh, end up the way he thought they would. And somehow it spun into him becoming a model and then Mr. California, Mr. International USA, and then landed himself a reality show. Yes. Yeah. So that's definitely a big step from college athlete to reality show. So before we get into that, why don't you just give me some backstory? Who are you? Where are you from? All that jazz. Okay, so my name is David Bard. I'm 20, 21 years old. I'm from Burbank, California. Uh, currently a psychology major at Loyola Marymount University. You do all this and you're still in school. Yes, school's, school's kind of, uh, <laughs> school's important. It's kind of it's, been on the back burner just yeah. because my career has been taken off and growing in, in the right. past year. But yes, I will still be in good. class Tuesdays and Thursdays. Good for you. Got it. All right, keep going. Good, good job. Good job. <laughs> yeah, so uh, like MJ was saying, or like you were saying, uh, I was playing college baseball at Loyola Marymount University. Uh, I had been dealing with some injuries since my senior year of high school, and I had two surgeries. Last one was, uh, what was it, May of 2018. And after that, uh, I had permanent nerve damage in my arm. And the doctor said, you know, you are done with baseball. You need to find something else to do, like go work at the grocery store or something. Oh, great. And you were yeah. a pitcher, right? Yeah, I was a left-handed pitcher. Um I actually had some interest from MLB teams out of high school. I had wow. two draft offers from the Braves and the Indians, I believe. They both offered me money out of high school, but I said no to go to Loyola and uh, ended up blowing out my arm two years later. So, I, I mean, I think I made the right decision in going to college because I would have been some schmo with no job and no education. Right. And and it unfortunately, it happened pretty early on in your professional right. or your college career. Right, definitely. Uh, it's interesting. My my cousin Tyler, actually, he is an exceptional baseball player, and he's a pitcher. Okay. And actually, he's going to be 18 in a couple of days, so happy birthday, Tyler. Happy um, birthday, Tyler. And he, um, his whole life has been baseball and pitching, and he's still, he's exceptional. He's going to college. He's going to play. But I always wondered, like, that must be really hard on your psyche when you put so much time, so much work, and so much dedication into something, and then in a moment, it's done. Yeah, absolutely. What was that like for you when you found um, out you were done? Oh, my God. I mean, for me, baseball is everything. It was anything and everything I was ever supposed to do career-wise, life-wise. I mean, six foot five left hand, and I got up to 95 miles an hour. So for me, that was everything. That was my whole identity. My identity was a number amongst the many uh, on the pitching staff on a baseball team. You know, when the doctor just kind of comes in impromptu, says – you know what, you can either like have a chance at holding your kid in 20 years or you can like try to throw a ball, but you will end up doing more damage to yourself. So, I mean, it kind of gives me wow. that perspective. Yeah. I was like, I, I mean, I don't want to, I'm not going to be a father anytime soon. Right. But, um, down the line, I mean, my fa- <laughs> let's hope uh, those reality shows are going on. Who knows? Oh, <laughs> you never know. <laughs> um, yeah. When that was over, honestly, I, I remember sitting and looking out the window and just one realizing, you know, I can't do this to my body anymore. Uh, 
I, I didn't have the choice to play anymore. Yeah. And, you know, second of all, that kind of everything I ever knew was gone. And I honestly, in that moment, I felt like I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm good at. I don't know what I'm going to do moving forward. Right. Because you're all, everything was tied up into you, the, the baseball guy. Right. I always thought of myself as just, you know, one trick pony. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to come out of the bullpen, throw two innings, then be good. That'll be my salary. That'll be my career. It'll be my life. Isn't it funny, though, how sometimes what we when we think we have a plan, we often find out that we don't. And then the plan that we're supposed to have unfolds in front of us. And it's the last thing we ever expect. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I would have never expected to be on a reality TV show one one year ago from today. I mean, I mean, shoot, I was just getting like my cast off off of surgery. I was honestly the most depressed I'd ever been in my life in the worst like mental and emotional spot I'd ever been. I was just so bitter and pissed off and angry. At, yeah. You know, everything. My family was there for me. Honestly, if they were there, I don't, <laughs> you don't know what happened. Oh gosh. No, I have no idea. A, a year ago. I mean, last summer I was just fixing furniture with my dad. That was kind of what I was doing for money coming off of that injury and that surgery. And the summer before you thought, all right, I'm going to be a pro. Oh uh, yeah, professional baseball player. Yeah, the summer so, before, actually, I had a, a a different surgery, my my first one. But yeah, I mean, definitely, I had absolutely no doubt in my mind that I was going to play baseball professionally and make sums of money. That yeah, way. man, that is that's really intense. And you were twenty. Yes, I was twenty years old. Wow. Well, I don't want to say it's a good thing, mm. but it could have happened when you were twenty six. You know, and you kind yeah. of maybe missed opportunities. And then you'd be starting from scratch again. So, I mean, it really stinks. And I can only mm. imagine how hard it was for you. And honestly, I mean, I think we all kind of know that feeling when we really want something or we really think something's going to happen. And then, the you know, the rug's pulled out from under us. Right. That sucks. But this was yeah. not just like, oh, I thought my spouse was going to surprise me with new luggage for my birthday. And they got me a card. It was, mm. this is my life. Yeah. And now it has to change. Absolutely. So so things did change. Yes. So when did you start kind of thinking, all right, well, I need to start moving on and doing something else? Right. So, I mean, that summer I was applying anywhere and everywhere uh, to any job. I ended up working at a gym. I was selling gym memberships in Burbank. And, you know, I saw personal trainers working out with their clients there. I was like, you know, I, I've played baseball my whole life. I, I started lifting about five years ago. I've been in physical therapy the past six years of my life. So I kind of know how to like work with client relations. I know how to put together a workout plan. And right. I thought, you know, like I can do that better than they can. So that's kind of when I started studying to become a personal trainer uh, last summer, really. So that was kind of the first step in me making a different path for myself. I was actually going on a hike with one of my friends last summer. Uh, she was cool. She was there for me after my surgery. So we went on hikes. I couldn't really do too much upper body stuff because my arm and she was just telling me, she's like, you know, David, like you're, you're a pretty good looking guy. I feel like you could become a model. Like once you get in good shape and get tan, like I'll, I'll take you some of my castings and stuff. How California get in shape and get a tan and be a model. <laughs> yeah. I was like, thanks Katie. I appreciate yeah. that. Um, but I, mean, I mean, that's what people tell me all the time. They're like, MJ, why do you work so hard? Just exactly. you get a tan, just, be a model. Just do that. Just go to the tanning bed. It's not even expensive. <laughs> anyway, continue. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, my friend Katie was the first person to put the, the idea of modeling in my head. So that and then working at the gym, seeing to be a personal trainer. I was like, you know what? Like, like I'm, I'm, I'm realistically, I'm still young. I've 
good long life in front of me i was like i if i become a model and personal trainer like that would make me feel better about myself i i felt like you know if i could put those two kind of titles or positions in front of me now that i can't put baseball in front of me that i'm gonna feel better about myself and people are gonna have more respect for me and kind of look up to me maybe in a sort of similar way that they used to when i was oh he's david he's on the baseball team oh david he's a recruit for the mlb yeah i mean it's funny because no matter how old we are we kind of always want to do something that makes us feel like we are worthwhile. Absolutely. But also that like kind of validates that we are doing something with our life more than just the mundane. Absolutely. And I mean, I, that's, I think a lot of people feel that way. So it's great that you recognized it and found a potential way to do that and but. act on it. So did you just walk into a casting and say, Hey, I'm a model. And they were like, yes, you are. Here you go. Here's your model card. No, actually I, um, it started with Instagram. It was funny. It was like a girl that I went on two dates with. I was looking at her brother's page and kind of stuff. He was tag. I don't know. I was just like, like super creeping on some girls. I was dating <laughs> brothers, Instagram. And I saw that he shot with a photographer and I was like, Hey, like I, I, want to do a photo shoot i mean i wasn't in very good shape at all so i messaged this guy I actually dm'd him and like sent him a, like a, a picture of me with my shirt off and i was like hey like we should do a photo shoot and he was kind of like i mean that's kind of absolutely no chill that's I, I, that's, that's a pretty big creepy move right there <laughs> it, it was you know i didn't have too much feel what was going on but um yeah he was not he's nice enough um his name is david as well he's a great photographer i'm gonna shoot with him actually probably this week again oh great um so, so he wasn't just completely freaked out by you I hope not. <laughs> I guess I'll find, out. I'll find out. But um, him and I shot together. We did like swimwear and fitness stuff. Uh, I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I wasn't in very good shape. The pictures did not come out great. But I was kind of, you know, I thought I was like, yeah, like maybe this could get me attention. Like, like maybe I could develop liking this. Maybe I could make money off of this potentially. So I did that first shoot. Um, so I started kind of messing around with shooting with photographers. And I did... Um, a swimmer shoot for an Instagram company from, I think it was Australia. Like they don't even make a men's line anymore. They just messaged me. They're like, Hey, like we'll give you this discount if you do a photo shoot for us. And I was like, all right, I'll do that. Yeah. So I did that. I got one pretty good shot that got me a good amount of attention. And it was actually a girl who I went to uh, Loyola with, who's actually my agent's, uh, my modeling agent's assistant. She saw that picture and she's like, Oh, like you, you look pretty good as opposed to like, when I knew you in school, <laughs> thank you. I suppose how you looked like shit before. Exactly. Now, now you're, you're passable. Oh, post-surgery bot is no joke. It's no bueno. Um, yeah, she said, you know, you should meet up with my agent, come in. So, I mean, I showed up to CESD in Los Angeles. Um, I walked in. The My current agent's name is Carol. She goes, hey, David, do you have headshots? And I said, what are those? Wow. Brutal. Wow. Good thing I'm cute. Good thing you're cute. Or at least good, <laughs> good thing she thinks I'm cute. Um, yeah, so I went and got some headshots, and she goes, yeah, we'll sign you. And, I mean, that's kind of how I started my professional modeling career. Started off I, very slow. As, as you can tell, I do nothing about that realm. But um, I've been in it for about seven, eight months now. Uh, it's starting to pick up more recently uh, now than it was before. I got to do Macy's Runner Show, Skechers. Um, I actually have a little campaign coming up with Macy's, which is going to be a lot of fun. Excellent. Um, starting hey, to that's do... no joke. Macy's is huge. I like Macy's. Yeah, I feel, like, I feel like I'm a nice Macy's guy. You are a Macy's guy, right? <laughs> You're like all-American dude. Yeah. That's a very all-American company. Yeah, so I mean, I mean it's definitely uh, something I have to work at every day. I'm still... 
uh, beginner as opposed to a lot of people I know modeling for four or five years. But I mean, it gives me an opportunity to compete at something against other people and against myself in a similar way than I did baseball. Right. Yeah. And you're obviously a competitive guy. Oh, yeah. So you're like, I need to find some way to compete. I mean, I'm not going to be that guy that's like, let's race on the freeway. But right. if there's any way that I can like work towards something, I mean, I'm definitely going to be driven to do that. Which has been evident in the past year since you changed careers because the modeling started and then you became Mr. California and now yes. Mr. International USA and you're yeah. going to compete. Which, first of all, I didn't even know there was a guy's like a guy pageant, which I find fascinating. I didn't know either. I didn't know either. <laughs> but what I find more fascinating is like, how did that happen? Like, I can't imagine that you were this guy growing up like, I'm going to be Mr. America. <laughs> like, uh, you know, like I never would have thought that either. Yeah. So how no. did that happen? Um, I got messaged by someone named Joe Ahmed. He's the, the head and CEO of Iconic Model Search, which is located down in Miami. Um, he messaged me one day on Instagram. He said, you know, like it was after a, like a swimsuit shoot in December. He said, you know, I really like your look. I'm looking for a candidate for the USA representative to compete in Mr. International. Uh, last year was the first year that USA competed in Mr. International. Uh, we didn't win. Vietnam won. But he said, you know, I'd like you to be the California representative in the board uh, to elect the USA rep for Mr. International. I, was, I mean, I'm all for that. Uh, I saw that, you know, as an opportunity to re yeah, why not? Yeah, re represent the state, be able to, you know, share my story, share my experiences with other people. And, you know, if I can help or relate to anyone in some sort of way through my experiences, through the hard times that I've been through with whether it was baseball or my family or past relationships. I mean, I'm all for that. It, it's such an interesting thing that you're doing this pageant because most people will be like a oh, guy's pageant. And, you know, I, I'm sure you've had people kind of been like, really? Like Mr. California, Mr. USA, <laughs> do you get, do you, did you take a lot of well, how was I don't know how to say it. Did you get a lot of shit for it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, honestly, from some old uh, baseball teammates, yeah, oh, like, sure. oh, you model now? Or yeah. some of the coaches, Mr. Model Guy. It's like, you know what? I but mean, you know that most of the people are saying that. It's just because they're like, it's first of all, you have to have a lot of confidence to be able to do something like that, mm -hmm. right? So when people, you know, roll their eyes or they have a, something to say, it's usually because it makes them feel uncomfortable because it's something they could never do. Okay. Yeah. Or they're jealous. Yeah. I mean, straight up. I mean, most guys, I think, uh, would definitely love to be like, oh, yeah, hey, I was Mr. USA. Like, what were you? You know what <laughs> I mean? I mean, come on. Everyone yeah. wants to good, look good. Everyone wants to um, have accolades in their life. So, mm. uh, you know, remember that when people are are giving you crap for it because it is it's interesting i mean it's a really interesting thing. so you're yeah. you are now mr international usa yes. and you are going to go to the philippines to compete yes this november so about about four months away i just started getting some practice questions uh, one of my friends is actually the current miss calabasas 2019 so she's kind of helped me out with some of the pageant questions right now i'm going to be flying down to miami uh within probably the next couple of weeks to just kind of practice over some of the questions more, uh, work with Joe on that. Um, okay. So I, I have to ask, what is a pageant question? Like, what, what are they like? What, I mean, my pageant knowledge is like miscongeniality. That's like what I know. Sure. Describe your perfect date. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I just really want world peace. World peace. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. One of the most interesting practice questions that I came across was how do you feel when you compete against someone who's transgender or part of that community? I thought that well, that's was a, that's a that's a loaded question for and a very hot button issue. So yeah, yeah. I mean, what? honestly, like 
I was typing all these out during during summer school during class last week. Okay. I, I, I mean, I had to keep busy some way. It's philosophy class, but um, you know, I thought about it, and based on modeling in the past year, I've been able to work more and more with the LGBTQ community that I haven't before. I mean, I grew up in a very conservative Baptist household where you know we we're just around uh, church members a lot, uh, just around a lot of members of the clergy. So I mean, that just wasn't a community that I was. Very, familiar with yeah, yeah exactly but i mean very different world absolutely but yeah. i mean beautiful world yeah i mean exactly. whatever it's everybody's got their own their own thing and they live their own life and and i think that my hope for this country and the world in general is we all kind of just you know worry about ourselves a little bit more yes. and let people be yeah uh, live and let live is a, a great slogan and i think you know as long as you're not hurting anybody else like mind your own business yeah exactly and, and i mean it's funny because you're definitely an advocate for the LGBT community. I mean, I met Absolutely. you, I met you out at, at a gay function and yeah. you were great. And I think that when with your generation and more people like you and, and if a platform like this, where you can answer, Mr. I was an, a college athlete, potential major league baseball player can say, Hey, like who cares? Like people are people exactly. that makes tremendous impact. And mm. as someone from the LGBTQ community, like, thank you because People don't understand that just because we have marriage equality or Will and Grace is still a popular show and there's gays on TV all the time, that does not mean the whole community is represented, represented, but it also doesn't mean that things are okay. I mean, I still have immense fear in me because it was how I was raised. Mm. And there were a lot of places in this country in particular that when I go to, I slip my wedding ring off and I would never want anyone to know because it's still a major issue. So... When I see people of your age and, uh, you know, I go around the country and I talk to a lot of college kids and I've been stopping in a lot of the LGBTQ um, organizations and Mm. talking to the kids there and they really blow my mind how amazing they are. They're just amazing. And your generation, I really believe, is going to change this world in such an amazing, positive way that I'm like super excited to see what happens. So that's a very good answer. So thank you for answering that question the way I would want you to. Exactly. <laughs> because, you know, it is all about me at the end yeah. of the day. Um, all right. So you're going to go to the Philippines. Yes. You're going to kick ass. Yes. You're going to. Team USA. Yep. Team USA. You know that I will be like pushing it for you on all of our social media channels and we will get yes. people to do what they can to support <laughs> you. So baseball player, model, pageant guy. And then, dun dun dun, Uh-oh. reality show, reality Paradise, TV. Paradise Hotel on Fox, hosted by Kristen Cavallari. Kristen Cavallari. All right, I had so. no idea who Kristen Cavallari was. You're like, yeah, we want you to be on this show. We already had finals, but like, we really want you. We feel like we're missing you. It's hosted by Kristen Cavallari. And I was like, who's who? That? Uh, that just shows your age. Because like when I was your age, <laughs> she was like. <laughs> It. <laughs> I feel like I mean, like uh, there were a couple other people that were my age on the show. I mean, I was the yeah. youngest on the cast, but everyone's like, "Oh my god, I like it's her." Even even yeah. the the girl I room with on the show, she's like, "I grew up watching her." Yeah, and I mean, she's my age, and I was like, "I." I mean, I'm just so not accustomed to the entertainment world or even the reality TV, TV right. world. Apparently, well, you came from a really conservative place. I'm sure you weren't watching the shows that Kristen Cavallari were on. No, right? I knew Snooki and Jaywalk were, but oh, every 13 year old boy does. Yeah, well, I I knew. Well, I watched the Jersey Shore because I found it completely entertaining because I grew up going to the Jersey Shore for, uh, <laughs> so I watch it for other reasons. But I mean, yeah, I, 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 but my point is, I bet in your house you probably had a little stricter 
uh, environment going on. Oh, yeah. There, M- right? M- MTV was uh, blocked on Get MTV. Out. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I used to watch MTV with my grandmother. Oh, my grandmother man. was like, loved it all, knew all the videos. That, oh, man. Uh, but my mother, <laughs> my mom wouldn't let me watch The Simpsons. I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons. That was like a big no-no. Or Married with Children. Mm. She didn't like Fox programming. She thought it was trashy. Well, speaking of Fox. Fox. (laughs) All right. So how did it come about? How did this Paradise Hotel thing, you just mentioned they contacted you? Yes. I I mean, I was actually in contact with a different reality dating show from January up until uh, April when I started talking to Paradise Hotel. So I, I I posted a picture from... Another an, apparently when I post swimsuit pictures, like I, I get opportunities. Like uh, first one was my modeling contract. Second one, me too. I mean, every time I post a swimsuit, uh, swimsuit photo, people are like, "Oh God, we need to sign you up for something." It's usually like Weight Watchers or Jenny Craig. But oh I mean, no, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I posted one, and then I got I I was looking through a bunch of notifications, and I saw one guy followed me. Oh, Mike Hansen followed you, and. I, I clicked on it. I was like, oh, if I followed you, you might be a good fit for Fox's new Paradise Hotel. So I followed him back, messaged him. Hey, Mike, what's this about? He goes, oh, I'm going to give you a call right now. What's your number? He calls me. I'm at a photo shoot. I was like, hey, man, I can't talk right now. I hung up. I feel like my interaction was really awkward there. But, I mean, he we ended up getting in contact. And he said, you know, uh, we already had our final casting for this dating show. It's kind of like a mixture of Bachelor in Paradise and Big Brother. So the competition, love, there's money. going to be a big mess. And I said, Walt, sign me up for that, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I love a big mess. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm always kind of looking for an opportunity to make myself uncomfortable in a good way in my life. Like, I want to try something new. Right. Um get a little out of my comfort zone you know i was like you know I've, mike i've been single for about five months i'd like an opportunity if reality tv is the way to find a girlfriend then so be it hey why not right try exactly. everything once exactly. and and also it's a great platform i Absolutely. mean you're again getting into this world of modeling and seeing where else you can go in the mm-hmm. hollywood entertainment industry right why not exactly and besides even if it's just for your personal training mm. like if people see you and they recognize you from tv they're more likely to sign up with you because they're like oh look he's he was on tv yeah funny yeah funny thing is on the show um i said i'm a personal trainer so many times i'm a personal trainer i'm gonna start doing it online i train here in hollywood burbank whatever they never showed any of it they're like really? you, you are the, the model nice next door california mr california model and that's it interesting <laughs> yeah well because you know uh, we've had reality show people on this show before and that is what they do they have everybody typecast yes and you'll be cut to be who they want you to be yes and you were definitely like the nice guy right yeah i mean i feel like i didn't do anything really out of character that they didn't show i actually got stitches in my head on the show which they didn't show um i'm six five and the doors in mexico were about oh i mean paradise were about two (laughs) (laughs) three inches taller than i was i was completely sober i was running around at like 10 in the morning and i just mid-stride just hit my head on the doorway and just busted open i got stitches in my head about two hours before we had like an ice pop challenge because on the beach we had to like melt ice with our bodies so i was super dizzy the whole time (laughs) uh that it doesn't sound very safe and like a liability, but I'm glad you're okay. <laughs> I signed a contract. Actually, several. Oh, well, I'm sure you did. So what was it like to be on a reality show? Was it as awful as I think it would be? Is it is it like really, when I say awful, I mean like really intense, mm-hmm. nonstop, stressful because you have to watch everything you say and you do, or do you just kind of get over it? Right. I mean, in the time that I was traveling down there to Paradise, I thought to myself, you know, kind of watch what I say a little bit more than usual, uh, 
kind of yeah i mean just just be conscious and just be mature about what you're gonna say because there's an audience there i mean there are there cameras everywhere there's a microphone right around your neck so you can't say or do anything without being caught or being seen there, right. there's like cameras in the bathroom everything like that honestly i wasn't nervous at all about that there was there's cameras i mean from baseball i got me used to being in some sort of spotlight at a, at a younger age or having attention at a younger age, being accountable uh, as a young man. But I mean, I was totally comfortable there. I, I had a great time. I honestly went on, goofed around. Uh, my roommate and I, uh, her name's Kendall. She's she's from California. She's a model as well. She's gorgeous. Um, her and I were very low key the whole time. Her and I's personalities in comparison to the other people's is more low key, more relaxed. There's a good amount of like fights and arguments on the show, drama. Her and I were not involved in any of that, which which was nice. We kind of had best case scenario. Uh, we, we, uh, we didn't win because they realized, you know, they've been quiet this whole time. You didn't have enough storyline. Or you didn't we, talk we, about we, drama. We, we did. Right? We did have a storyline, but then it was actually the the cast members, the other people in the hotel, who voted us out. They realize you're they're like, oh really? Yeah. So the point is like, Kristen was saying the whole time, if you find love, you will win. So Kendall and I were paired together since day one. We didn't switch up on each other. We didn't switch roommates. Oh. We started genuinely liking each other, and we're like, you know, there. I decided about halfway through. I was like, I don't care if I win or lose. I want to stay with her, right? Because I mean, I want to take what I have with her home, whether that ends up being a friendship or a relationship. You know, I mean, I went in hundred percent for the money. So. Well, you did go in for the money. Oh, yeah. You went in for the money. And then, so what you're saying is reality romance can actually work? Or the formula they set up actually does kind of, like, facilitate romance? Yeah, I think so. I mean, when I was going out. It, it seems very counterintuitive that, like, yeah. anyone really would, like, fall for someone. Yeah, exactly. And it was funny enough that, you know, Kendall and I didn't say a word to each other really before we got paired up on day one or before she chose me. And it ended up, you know, we live about... 30 minutes away from each other we both are in a similar industry um i mean we just started really enjoying each other's company we were kind of unsure of each other at first because we were both kind of quiet i feel like we had a hard time opening up to each other yeah but especially in that environment i feel like i was very lax the entire time i feel like she kind of had more of a hard time being away from her family being away from home you know having all the cameras kind of more maybe maybe like intruding on her yeah yeah yeah. i kind of feel like she got was a little uncomfortable apprehensive at times because of that but i mean her and i had a great time we weren't involved in any drama it was not nice paid vacation yeah just, right? got, just got to goof around <laughs> so how long were you down there for i was in Me- we were in mexico for about a month honestly so not too so you long. just hung out at the beach in mexico played some games and just ate and drank and hung out and yeah i mean it doesn't it, sound it, too terrible it was pretty fun i mean honestly i really enjoyed enjoyed hanging out with the guys um there are a lot of guys from uh midwest east coast there's only honestly really only two guys who i really don't oh yeah uh what's his name about. three letter name gus hans no. hans yeah four letters sorry yeah. yeah i i did read something about you and hans I guess you guys weren't friends. Yeah, I mean, there was an argument. They kind of clipped. I mean, I I roast. I mean, I like put his ass in place. Like I, <laughs> I was I was the, the youngest guy and the youngest person on the cast, and he was the oldest guy, and he just made a completely sh- stupid show me move. And I like wouldn't have to talk with him. I put his ass in place. I just ripped him, and they didn't show any of it. They oh, showed, really? They showed the parts where he was speaking over me, going, "Oh, really? You're gonna talk like that? You're a pastor's kid. You can't say that." I mean, which he got ripped over, rightfully so. Saying that, yeah, yeah. I mean, bringing religion and family. So into what, you're not allowed to talk 
or have an opinion because you're a passer's kid. That makes no sense. Uh, apparently to him. I don't it's know. broken log- logic. <laughs> well, I, I just did see that there was some Hans U thing, and I was like, oh, boy. Yeah, really I, I actually saw him at an after party after the finale. He tried to talk to me. I was like, I'm not your friend, man. Like, right. <laughs> like, I understood how the game worked. Like, you had to stay on good terms with everyone. The only reason I, like, really was kind of like – I mean, I, I'm going to be polite and cordial to anyone, but right. – why I was so much so towards him because I was like, you know, he could be the deciding factor whether I win or lose in the end. Other right. than that, I don't, I'm not going to associate it. It was strategic. Absolutely. Yeah. What you have to be in, it's a game show. And, oh, yeah. And, you know, basically, yeah. It's a game show. Exactly. It is, it's all a game. So, all right. So, Paradise, you didn't win. No. But fourth place. I did hear the guy who won decided to take the money and didn't choose the girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that. <laughs> now, I wish I, I, and I'm sorry I didn't watch. That's I was okay. traveling, but I kind of just want to watch it now because I want to see that moment where he's like, oh, he spent all this time. All we over we're in love. And never mind, I want the money. Oh, man. I mean, were you surprised? Yes, yes, and no. I mean, all of us after Carlos and Kaylin got voted out and it was Bobby and Tatum who were going to be the winners of the money, whether they decided to split it or not, we were all talking and we we're saying like, you know, like if Tatum did it, we wouldn't be surprised, but it would just make her look that much more bad since she like went behind Bobby's back a lot. She was saying like, you know, like maybe I'm going to sleep with Carlos to get back at Bobby kind of stuff like that. Just kind of, and just come just kind of stupid stuff. Yeah. And then we were all saying, you know, if Bobby throws it down and takes the money from her, himself are we gonna be mad and everyone's like no i mean bobby played the game well honestly he wasn't really involved in any drama other than dealing with his roommate right um oh when he threw it down i mean it it was so filming that stuff takes so long oh yeah so we were just standing there like dude like we already know we didn't win i don't want to see them oh wow 200 grand 250 grand wow this is great and easy right and then when bobby stepped on the 150 grand uh spot i saw him look up and he goes one more and i was like oh shit like he's gonna do it and then he steps on 200 grand and he looks at Tatum and just throws the ball down and then looks over his shoulder and he goes i hope you all understand who i really am now and we're like oh my oh, boy god something that they actually didn't show on that i mean they showed tatum walking away she went back to her room she's crying i actually ran right after her tatum and i were friends the whole time we still are friends we still yeah. talk just about every day. Um, I went into her room. They didn't, they didn't show that. They, yeah. It's like Bobby screwed over Tatum. Bobby wins fireworks and done. I was like, I was like, I don't, I didn't really want to be part of that. Cause I feel like I would never be in the place to take away six figures of money away from anyone based on. Well, any reason. and in a show like this, I mean, he got there. It was a joint effort. Yes. So you would, you would think most people would say, listen, if I'm walking away with six figures, that's good enough. We can yeah. both take six figures. Like, yeah, it's not absolutely life changing money, but it's 100 percent helpful. It's it's enough to give you a, a good little push in the right direction. Yeah, Tatum goes on. She's like, I'm a bottle service girl. I don't want to do that anymore. I want to win some money. Right. Uh, she's actually interested in like kind of like journalism, broad broadcasting, podcasting, kind of stuff like that. So I was like, you know, all power to her. Like, good for her. She got out of that life, and now she's back at work at bottle service. Which I mean, uh, you know what? It, it'll change. She'll yeah. she'll get something. Oh my ho- God. Hopefully, she's capitalizing on her social media blue on stuff. Yeah, oh I mean, you tell her if she wants to come on, tell her story. She can come on over, and we'll we'll get her some some press. Okay, um, awesome. All right, so Paradise Hotel was definitely an experience. Yes. Would you do TV again? 
I would absolutely do TV again. I, I've heard and I understand that, you know, going on too many reality TV shows would impact your chances at being in like a movie because they don't really see a lot of crossovers between reality TV and right. movies. Um, acting is something I've had ideas put in my ear about, but it's not necessarily something that I've grown up. I want to be an actor. I mean, right. I never grew up saying, I want to be a reality TV star. Right. Miss International USA. If it happens, you wouldn't say no. Exactly. I mean, You'll keep your options open. Yeah. When I was interviewing before Paradise Hotel, one guy from Warner Brothers goes, Hey, you know, Warner Brothers is looking for a new Superman. I was like, I mean, that would be kind of, that would be awesome. You could totally pull off the Superman <laughs> thing. Yeah. I mean, you got the, the dark hair and you're tall and uh, you kind of look like the, yeah, you kind of look, yeah, you could do that. I mean, would you ever say no? Oh, I don't uh, think anyone ever say no. Yeah, life changing. <laughs> so, all right. So that brings me to the next talking point. Sure. So now that you have kind of gotten your feet back on the ground uh, after your um, injuries mm-hmm. and you have some really fun stuff going on, yeah. you are going to finish school. Yes, I have one more. I'm taking summer classes currently. Notice that wasn't a question. That was a statement. You will finish school. Yeah. Because trust me, if you don't, you'll regret it. Absolutely. I mean, I'm so close anyways. Yeah. Finish that up. And then what what do you see your future being? What do you want for you? Uh, I want you to discuss that. And I also want you to talk about your hashtag because I really like your hashtag that you use. Um, And I'm assuming that's going into the story of what you want your future to look like. Which hashtag? Oh man! I mean, there's there's Which like hashtag? there's 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 like two of them that um I've been more on top of one than the other recently. Um, should I talk about those? Yeah, go for okay. it. Okay. Uh, the, the first hashtag I I made was hashtag Let's Be Better Men. Uh, kind of going on, you know, kind of the climate of our society, kind of seeing how you know, really the culture of entertainment is, you know, women are really objectified and put down by men in a lot of corporate and entertainment settings, just based on their positions or even, uh, being able to physically overpower a woman. I mean, that's something that's really impacted, uh, personal relationships that I've had, um, yeah. past relationships, uh, family members, which has really broken my heart, but also, you know, giving me some sort of experience in dealing or trying to comfort some people that have been victims of assault, whether that's physical or sexual. And, you know, like they have the the Me Too movement, like right. women speaking up against what happened against them. But, you know, like where's the movement for men saying, you know, yes, not all of us have done this, but let's take ownership for what has been done and let's be better. I'm not saying like let's be perfect, guys, because that's never going to happen. Right. But I mean, there's 100 percent so many ways that we can improve as men. I'm not here or I'm not going to ever say that I am a perfect man. I'm just saying. You know, like, where is that? I mean, I've messed up on my own. I've said things that, I mean, I'm not proud of for sure. I mean, absolutely not. Yeah, I mean, no one's perfect. But I think we're so afraid to say anything wrong in yeah. our society, right? And we don't want to say, I mean, even saying, like, you know, be better men. Some people be like, well, you should say be better people. But what you're saying mm-hmm. is, no, I'm saying men who identify as men who yeah. live their lives yeah. have as what we, you know, consider the norm for men, be better than the status quo. Absolutely. And I think that's a great thing to say because everybody has their own role. And if you know what your role is and you want, you want to be the best version of yourself. Absolutely. Right. So I like the fact that you're saying, let's be better. Mm -hmm. And you're saying for you and in in your community and, and who you identify with and who your life is, is and what your life's about. You want to be the best you that you can be. 
Absolutely. And I think that's a great theme for people in their life is just to be the best Jew that you can be. And that's something that like I always think about and I am so far away from being the best me that I want to be. Yeah, same. But as long as I keep working at it, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm doing something right. And I'm feeling like I'm I'm putting something into my life that's worthwhile. Right. Yeah. And segueing into the other hashtag. I mean, when I wake up, I uh, view every day as an opportunity to grow uh, as a man, as a future father, as a future husband. Um, those are my, really my goals in life to be, be and raise a great family. Um, you know, end the day, learning something more, becoming a more tolerant person, becoming a more accepting man for myself, for my family and others around me. Um, and I kind of get that answer kind of comes with a question a lot. I get from my fitness, um, business and brand that I'm growing, you know, like, how do you stay motivated? What do you think about when you wake up every day? I think like, you know, I want to become a better trainer every day. I want to become a better coach for fitness and wellness. Um, I mean, my personal training brand wellness brand is built around overall wellness. I'm studying psychology right now. What I plan to do with that degree is kind of implement that into my business, making, um, you know, how, how, how I run my business, how I treat my clients, uh, what I'm putting up on my website about overall fitness, you know, not only physically, how do you look, but you know, how do you feel emotionally, mentally when you wake up? How do you feel when you, um, like, like when you look in the mirror, like, what do you, what do you see when you look yeah. in the mirror? What are you putting in your body? Um, and how much, like, are you getting the rest that you need? Really those four, uh, elements. those, those four elements. Well, elements. and this is something I talk about all the time, but it's very easy for trainers to train fit people and make them fitter mm-hmm. and think they know how to really train somebody. Right. But what you find out, and I'm sure you may have experience or you will experience, is that the people that are really struggling with health and diet and fitness and motivation, that struggle really comes from the brain absolutely and not from the inability to lift a weight it's mm-hmm. it's all mental and if you don't know how to understand the psychology of people that suffer with eating disorders or mm-hmm. um, body dysmorphia or any any anything like that then you can't be a real advocate mm-hmm. and the best trainer you can be for that person because you'll never really understand where they're coming from and it's just basically it's like dieting diet culture is is so wrong for people Mm -hmm. that are really um, suffering and really struggling with, with weight and body issues because it's like putting a bandaid on amputated leg. Like it's not going to fix anything. So the fact that you're going to really think the fact that you're thinking about the psychology mixed in with the actual kinesiology or physical Mm -hmm. aspect that's really great. And if you continue to do that, you know, see that through, you could really make a difference in people's lives because most people that really struggle in, in this, in this world with fitness and weight and health and diet, they just need someone to understand them to really be able to help them. Right. There's nothing I hate more than when someone says calories in calories out. Say what? Oh. Calories in, calories out. Yeah. Uh, what, what's the problem? 
I mean, just calories in, calories out. That's how you lose weight and just go to the gym. Get off your ass. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that? Oh, why didn't I think of that? Exactly. Oh, oh it's, it's that easy. Drives me nuts. <laughs> so definitely, I think you're on the right track. And if you do that, you're going to build yourself a, a really amazing um, empire of, mm-hmm. of of clients that will be yeah. uh, very, that, that whose life will change, right. which is, is amazing. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, sorry to get you off. Kind of how I got the idea for that was not only how can I actually use my college degree instead of being like, okay, I got this. I'm going right, to go hang that shelf. up. Yeah. Um, it was when I was going through the physical therapy for my second surgery. Or no, I'm sorry. My first surgery, which was a 10-month recovery. My physical therapist at Loyola Marymount, Chris, uh, he was the, he was there for me every single day. He, I mean, I struggled so much emotionally and mentally with not only my personal life, but not being able to play baseball my sophomore year in college. And, you know, he was there for me every single day. He didn't know hundred percent of what was going on in my personal life, but him being there to push me in person as, as a coach, as, as a fitness coach. Cause I mean, he put me through some disgusting, terrible workouts, um, but you know, he was there for me every day. He's, he's like, David, you know, I just need to stand next to you and tell you that you simply, you, you can do it. Like you, you have everything mentally and physically. The only person that's stopping you is you. Right. And that's the reality of, you know, anything in life. And you need that mentor and that person that understood to really give you that push and to help you. Exactly. So what he was to me in my life, uh, I'm still in contact with him. I saw him the other day, but I want to be able to do that and help other people in the way that I've been helped. That's great. And that's, that's the point, right? If we can't, learn a thing or two and then turn around and help other people learn these things or two, then what's the point in life? Like yeah, for me, exactly. that's the point. It's like, if you can't be doing something to help other people to make their lives better or their struggle or their burden less then you know, what's the point? Yeah, exactly. Um, so I love that. So, all right, we know you're going to be uh, Mr. International. You're going to be crowned that, I'm sure. We're, we're positive of that. And then uh, you're going to be like the best uh, personal trainer, fitness guru that ever existed. And then are we going to see you on TV? Or are we going to do movies? Are you going to pursue this or what? On TV? I mean, I, I'm definitely not opposed to doing another reality uh, show. I mean, I know The Bachelorette is coming up again two years from now. I'll be 23, so rife old age, getting ready to be married. Uh, I'm just kidding. Oh, boy. I don't know when I'm going to get married, but I mean, you know you know if it works. Well, I mean, but besides from reality, though, I mean, if you've had people tell you that they can see you doing acting, go for it. Right. Try it. Take some Absolutely. classes. See what you think. Yeah. You know, it, we're in L.A. I mean, I met a couple of producers the other night when I was working in a van. I mean, yeah, yeah, they're everywhere. everywhere. I personally think has probably been your best asset is the fact that you, you don't have ulterior motives. I mean, you went into your modeling uh, appointment and said, what are headshots? I mean, (laughs) it's kind of refreshing because in this industry, people are, there's ulterior motives and they have like thought everything out and they're strategic and you're kind of just like, well, if it happens great and if not, I'll be okay. And that attitude will get you so far in this world. So I think it's probably a smart idea for you to keep, uh, keep going down this road as well. And you know, it's not hard to be on multiple roads at the same time, especially when you're 21. Um, so, you know, you finish that school, you do your personal training, which is only going to help you with your acting stuff and mm. try that and see what happens because yeah, exactly. you know, you're young, you've already, you've already done something. You've already made some waves. And I think that one of the things that people tend to look back on their life and regret, if you have regrets, I don't really believe in regret, but they wish they kind of took the leaps of things that may have made them a little nervous mm. or they, 
maybe they didn't understand as much. They kind of wish that they took those leaps and explored them because at least if they explored it and it didn't work, they know they did it. But those open-ended questions are like, well, could that have happened? Could that have happened? Yeah. Those are tough. Big FOMO. Yeah. So FOMO, (laughs) it's a real thing. Oh my gosh. Um, So yeah, definitely check it out. Um, The last thing I always do is I ask a couple questions just to get an idea of who you are. And what's important to me. Oh, boy. What do you want to know? So, (laughs) tacos or sushi? Am I by myself? It's what you love. It doesn't matter. It's you. It's about you. Tacos or sushi? You know, let's let's go sushi. (laughs) Eric was right. Erica said he's going to pick sushi. I said, said, everybody picks tacos. Is that a type? No, no, but I would pick sushi any day. I I eat tacos all the time, but sushi, always. Okay, absolutely. What's your dream vacation? Mm. What would it look like? I have always wanted to go to Hawaii. I'm not very well traveled outside of going to paradise, but I've always wanted to go to Hawaii and just, you know, explore the jungle a little bit, uh, just see the clear blue water. Yeah. Uh, Really just go and be able to just relax and just go with like a girlfriend or something. You know, just like enjoy it. Yes, exactly. Just have a nice, peaceful vacation. Well, that's great. It's a great place. So you should definitely check it out. And then the most important question of all, what is your favorite theme song? Oh, boy. Hmm. Wow, that is difficult. You know, I really like the the Superman theme song. Superman. All right. Well, I wonder if that's a little self-promotion there. <laughs> wink, wink. You know? <laughs> which, which Superman? Like the original, like the 80s movie Superman? Uh, it's like... Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, okay. When I, was, when I was flying to Mexico, I was listening to like the soundtrack, and it came on as the plane was going up. I was like, this is sick. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably the dorkiest moment I had by myself. And I had my headphones in, so was, I mean, I enjoyed it. <laughs> if that's the dorkiest moment, then that's pretty good so all right well superman and i think that is pretty uh pretty perfect for you so all right um how do people follow you how do they find out what's going on in your life how do they keep track of you right so i'm on instagram uh at the real d bart underscore if you just type in david barta i should be hopefully the top one there uh my twitter is just david barta and same with my facebook Okay, and then if people are interested, and I know you do web coaching too, right? Yes, I do online coaching as well as uh, in-person coaching at Show Up Fitness in Hollywood. Okay. So, I mean, you can find the link to my fitness website on my Instagram, um, or you can just really just DM me on my Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Uh, You have davidbarta.com or something too? I do have davidbarta.com, and then there's a fitness link from there. All right, great. Well, it was a pleasure having you. I'm so uh, thank glad. You so much. And I cannot wait to um, be rooting you on in the Philippines in thank November you. to make sure you win. Yeah. And make sure you keep us posted on all the stuff that's going on. And uh, yeah, it was great having you. Thanks right, so much. Thank you so Take much. It easy. All right. And if you enjoyed our podcast today, make sure to hit subscribe and rate, review us, and follow along on social media at LLTF the podcast. I absolutely love getting to this podcast. It is so much fun and want to be able to continue doing it for a long time to come but it takes a lot of time and money, and that's where you come in. If you think you'd like to donate, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash LLTFthepodcast, or you can donate via Venmo at LLTFthepodcast.